Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 368, and today we'll be talking about the real glitch text from, well, glitch text. I'm GC13. And I'm the real David. A. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> the, the, the famous incredible wit of this podcast. Uh, this was a real glitch text episode. Um... You know, I'm gonna be real. It's I I I, th- I liked you know having new characters, but ultimately I think the episode being precipiced off of that it was five keeping a secret about crossing city lines was was a little like weak to me, despite you know the Jamie Lynch cameo. But um, it ended up by the end of the episode that it was agreed that the rule was actually stupid and small. But for the majority of the episode, I was kind of distracted by that and so uh, you know i was like I-, I think this has happened in quite a few glitch X episodes where the premise is a little more straightforward than maybe i would like <laughs> and that's okay because you know sometimes things are tropey and it's fine but it definitely leaned a little bit to me into the obvious territory <laughs> but uh meanwhile that means you get to enjoy other things I would have thought that this episode got some points just for having Mitch act as an actual leader for once in his life. Well, so I think Mitch's development is pretty uh, remarkable in this episode, given that I guess it's just because he has a new haircut. <laughs> like, did the last episode, did the Clips episode transform him enough? Because he really does give commands and is pretty much respectful of the whole team. Maybe it's because he's uh, thinking about how awesome it is that Five is finally a liar, but. Um... I don't know. What else got him to this point? Was it, uh, I don't know, being in previously stressful situations where he's been called out multiple times? I, I think it's just the fact that, you know, he feels more comfortable with Five and Miko. He doesn't have to be as much of a doofus around them as uh, normal. Although, again, we will see in the episode following this one. That's that's where they show us this is this is Mitch's character growth path that he'll take in the next episode. but. I don't know. I thought it was very, very nice that Zara and Miko both just assumed that Mitch totally did it. But, <laughs> you know, let's let's stomp these Dabney texts anyway. Yeah, and also we assume that he, even when Five reveals that he's the one who stole it, it uh, Zara's still like, oh, so you stole it from Mitch. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah, how did you manage that? But... I mean, it's just, I was talking when we talked about Wizard City about how ridiculously supportive a friend Kadebra was, and I had just completely forgotten how ridiculously supportive the Bailey texts were of Mitch Williams, for crying out loud, someone who maybe doesn't deserve, I mean, then again, Peppermint didn't deserve Kadebra either, so I guess that's just what being a great friend is about. At this point, they all... I don't say know and love Mitch Williams, but they know him, and they give him love. And that's nice enough. Maybe because they pity him. Maybe because they uh, want it because it makes their lives nicer than having to be mean to someone <laughs> or dismissive of someone. And as long as he mostly keeps himself in the obnoxious instead of cruel territory, then it's fine. Maybe it's one of those instances where they can tell that he's mean because he's hurting, and so they're offering support anyway. Maybe they're just being the bigger, bigger techs. Plus, again, he has a rad new style, so gotta support that. Yeah, I don't know how you can hate on that hairdo. I mean, I, I, I definitely prefer Mitch Williams' 
original hairdo, but the the new hairdo like it shows that hey, new hairdo, new Mitch maybe. Got to give him a try, right? Yeah, no, I love especially in cartoons, hair equals character growth. <laughs> it's just I don't know if that's been true pre-Zuko, but um post that <laughs> it happens all the time. Sometimes their hair changes color, sometimes their hair changes shape, but sure, it's uh I love it because it's an easy way to change the appearance of a character to signify some sort of growth i'm sorry did i say the next episode was going to be the one that uh mitch williams experienced his major character growth no 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 we have we have an excellent episode in between but that episode after the next one is going to be the mitch williams episode so close to the end right that's the second to last episode the, the Mitch Williams one is, yes. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So we have three more Glitch Text podcasts after this one. Which, so now, did we f- did we create a new team in this episode, or is this not carrying over? Because we just drew, like, four new characters for no reason. The Dabney Squad will show up in the next episode. It's a, it's a bit part, but it's just to remind you that, yep, we remember that those guys exist. We did ask someone to design four characters, <laughs> which is good. Uh, Simi was already designed, so it was just nameless and the... Right, right, right. Would you, would you qualify them as twins? That They're not technically twins, but they're twin enough. They're twin enough that it's probably the same character model, <laughs> so... Oh, well. But now, you talked about Mitch Williams being much more of a nice guy, but he was still quite willing to insult his own team with, uh, hey, wait, is that supposed to be an insult- insulting to them or us? If I did it right, both. Yeah, that was a... There were a lot of quick classic sayings, Mitch but Williams classic line. Mitch. I think the silent bond between Simi and Zara could have could have been written a little bit differently, but I I appreciate the joke they went for, and the achievement pop up was beautiful. Yeah, silent bonding. <laughs> yeah, it, it's they didn't really give enough of a reason for anybody to be particularly paired up for that ending. Is kind of arbitrary, but. Whatever. <laughs> uh, well, no, I think, I think Five and Nameless... Well, they were the most head-to-head, right? Well, I mean, for one, it's the dude leading the charge and the, the one responsible for the theft. But also, they're both, you know, major itty-bitty kitty collector fans, so... Right. Adorable. Uh, followed closely by uh, Litter Glitter Kitty Sitter. Now, did you have a favorite other than Pancake? I, I gotta go with Dr. Mew. Although, I will note that the Sheriff was worth 500 XP instead of 50. I thought that was a nice detail. <laughs> yeah, that they were adorable. It's really too bad that Pancake actually died, though. <laughs> I don't know why they had to do that with no redemption, like maybe after defeating the monster. Well, yeah, well, Miko called out for Pancake MacGuffin and like you have this pause, like, are they going to are they going to take it up? And then they they all do at the same time. So with a battle cry like that, Pancake MacGuffin has to stay dead. Is that a thing they could have done all the time, though? Like, share XP? Uh, yes. Uh, glitch tech XP share is basically whatever the two techs agree to, and I, I guess it works out in larger groups as well. That They should do that more often. I don't know. I feel like frequently people steal. Maybe it's just Mitch's fault normally. Yeah, Mitch is, Mitch is just a jerk. But, you know, since he's not in their squad, he's not in their XP share usually. He was in their squad on this patrol, though. So ultimately, the feud was really between Phil, and I cannot remember her name at all. Yeah, I just keep thinking of her as Jamie Lynch. Joan of (laughs) Snark. He calls her Joan of Snark, so. 
Even she knew about the secret sauce. I don't. That was a nice running joke at the beginning there. That was that was a good joke for the scene. And then later on, when Five is remembering what Phil said, secret sauce. Very good callback. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we'll ever find out like the Krabby Patty secret formula. Probably not. Ooh. But yeah, I. It's cute that Phil had his own little own little pet stored away the whole time. Ugly as hell, but you know, whatever. And he lost it. <laughs> Well, you should you should recognize Kadoma. Kadoma's been around. Oh, okay. Long lore. Totally missed it. Yep. Long term storytelling, baby. <laughs> Which was brutally brought to an end. I mean, the payoff was sadness. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, let's just say we haven't seen the last of Kadoma. Oh, long term. Wow. Yep. Yep. This this story might have a happy ending, David. It might. What a great, like, little D-plot <laughs> in the background. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I do wonder about the itty-bitty kitty collector people. Do you think they have a, like, like, like the Pokemon bank where you can have all of your Pokemon together? Do you think they have, like, an itty-bitty kitty city app where you can have all of your kitties from the various kitty collector games together? It sounds like they do, and they charge a hefty subscription price monthly for it. Because Mitch was very salty. Ooh, yep, yep, that's the Nintendo model. <laughs> you know, the Pokemon banks were like $5 a year, but it was a hilarious, because at least back in the day when Nintendo just straight up had like no online infrastructure at all of any significance, Pokemon did, and it was in the stupidest way. It's like, yeah, we'll store your Pokemon for five whole dollars a year, which is like kind of nothing, but also the service is kind of nothing. So it's a a weird situation that I think still exists. I think the, well, definitely the modern 3DS games, Pokemon Bank for money was was a thing. I have not been aware of the the Switch games, like what they do for those, because they already have an online subscription model, but for like the console, but you know, sure. (laughs) I I would believe that the in-universe kitty game could also go that way. Yeah. But, you know, uh, to my to my earlier point that Five and Nameless were perfect to pair up together because, again, not only were they the two ones most responsible for this conflict, but also they were apparently the two biggest fans of the Kitty Collection games. Obvi. <laughs> yeah, as as Five throws out. I, I love that they both use the word obvi. It is very cute. <laughs> of course, the dude with a big, scary avatar is an avid kitty collector. Of course he is. So is this one of those things where also because the series ends so short, I just get no information on Nameless, who's clearly supposed to be more mysterious and we care more about than a character who would be designed without a, you know, mask? Uh, they roasted him pretty good, so maybe maybe he was always just supposed to be a minor character from the Dabney branch. Yeah. I don't know, when you put on a mask, I don't know, there's some quote from one of the <laughs> Christopher Nolan Batman <laughs> movies that is you didn't care who he head. was until he put on the mask exactly <laughs> i mean do you care about any of the other dabney texts i think there's something to that well yeah you might have you might have it right very good fight sequence between the yeah. texts uh there uh, they were really going for it with those weapons there was several cool things that happened in this episode like some of the visuals around you know chasing after the slimes like when Mitch f- like instantly flies out of the van as it's 
like rotating and coming oh, to a stop. Oh yes, his epic entrance. Yeah, that cut was really cool. Where he's like, you, there's it's almost not even animated him jumping out of the van. He just seamlessly is like, you can you don't even have to imagine it because you see it that he just like stands out of the van as it's moving and then is in action. This is pretty cool. <laughs> P cool. Pretty kitty cool. Uh, and then at the end, it was just pretty fast paced, which is, uh, you know, very abnormal for glitch decks to be fast paced action. But, uh, it's pretty nice. I-, I wonder how they got away with spraying their bosses with the slime goop. Like, You'd think they'd be mad about that, especially since neither of these bosses are particularly <laughs> nice or forgiving people. But uh, at least in Phil's case, he's just tired. <laughs> he's just too tired to really lay it down. Phil is a tired man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, once once Joan took Kodoma, he had other things on his mind anyway. Like the sauce. Yeah, like... Come on, Joan, let's talk about this. Where do you get the sauce? Where do you get the secret sauce, Joan? But he'll never find out because you can't pay Jamie Lynch to be in more than one episode of Glitch Decks. <laughs> so, oh well. Yeah, they need the, they need that movie budget to get her. Uh, speaking of budget, I, I liked the low-budget Mario Kart game they played against each other on the way to the second glitch and a very familiar background, the junkyard, so a place we've already designed and a one of our low-budget animation sequences. Very, very well done, though. Low-budget, but like, you know, I, I don't know how truly low-budget. Very creative and also reminiscent of the... Now, it was from an isometric perspective, but there were quite a few arcade racing games I played in that style where you're only switching between, like, three lanes to avoid obstacles. And so, yeah, they had, like, little Mario Kart elements and, you know, the bananas and question blocks. But the actual format was more like one of these more old school racing games that it was kind of funny to touch my childhood a bit. And of course, they they went back into the ordinary animation perspective so they could show uh, Miko facing off against Nameless. Yeah, like good cuts. They always come up with something creative and it doesn't have to be relevant to... I used to think, oh, they try to do like genre pieces each episode, but sometimes you just get a complete mixed bag like this where it could be, uh, or potpourri, you know, it could be anything. Not an episode about smelly stuff. Although, did I miss out? Was there a genre theme this time around? Co-op? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, the collection aspect from the Kitty Collector games was pretty well represented in the fact that they're trying to collect three slimes. Oh, yeah. So that carried forward. I don't know if that was intentional. Knowing how, knowing how writers' minds work, that was incredibly intentional, but they haven't, to my knowledge, I haven't. I need to listen to the podcast. Maybe they mentioned that. Mm. But yeah, that's how, that's how writers' brains work, usually, so <laughs> probably. Yeah, they do like parallel, uh, not parallels, like continuity. <laughs> but or you know, you gotta theme. make sure everything comes back to your theme. Yes, theme is the word. That's how you make your episode feel like it fits, like it's like it's an episode. Like there was a reason to put all the scenes together. Yeah, <laughs> it is so much more than plot. Yeah. Meanwhile, missing the plot where more Zara flirting with five, but that's fine. You know, I can wait. Except apparently, I'll just wait forever. She did have the, she did have the, I'm trying to kick butt and look good while doing it, but like, I was half Very expecting subtle. her to look to see if Five was looking, but 
she she didn't. Yeah, I caught the same line, and I was waiting for any more meat, but you know, I'm only throwing empty bones, so that's fine. You you, you know, five's kind of the clueless one. She she has to she has to go explain to five, uh, and then he'll be like, "Oh, okay, yes, I like you too." The fans are shipping us. Here is a letter I received. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, but <laughs> sadly, no shippers on deck in this episode. Yes. I mean, do you, do you really think that it was all that bad that they let the let the slime monster merge? It didn't end up being that disastrous. It resulted in better XP for them, and I mean, it's just a slime, so not really the most threatening of encounters that they've had. Yeah. I don't know, like, that might have got really bad if they didn't stop fighting. Thankfully, Five decided at that point to, okay, somebody has to adult here, I guess it's gonna be me. I was kind of hoping it would be five times as big, though, you know, like destroy the bridge, etc. But uh, it was fine. Oh, come on. We spent a lot of money animating that bridge, David. (laughs) We can't just blow up the bridge. We spent so much good money, we still need it for the last few episodes. I mean, but that's uh, that's politics right there. (laughs) Let's focus on fighting each other and, you know, we'll worry what the real problem just slowly. I loved it was the red slime, right? You know, how the uh, yeah, I'm rushing. slime's desperately trying to reach each other, and it's like looking behind itself, seeing the explosions from these, you know, murderous glitch techs attacking each other. I, I can never figure out if their emitters would harm a fellow glitch tech or not, because we never show them intentionally shooting at a glitch tech and hitting. I mean, yeah, you would think it would just disrupt the Plixels and not humans, but humans can obviously yeah. interact with tech because. They can be paused, they can be erased, or reset, so. Yeah, I don't know, I, I think that, I think this is another one of those things where the, you know, you're, you're quote-unquote breaking the rules, like over overclocking the gauntlet, you know, to let you feel bad without being bad. The ease with which they can hack each other, though, is pretty concerning, given uh, they're all yes, just that's, kids. That's that's what I was thinking about, like, the, you have an entire tech hacking skill tree and it's like oh but don't use this on another glitch tech (laughs) right why is that a authorized skill because it's to make you feel like you're being a bad boy while still behaving according to the way hinobi wants you to except that you still totally do have the capacity to do it although maybe it's within some bounds well, yeah, you, you hack the way Hinobi tells you to, not the way Ridley does, where you can do whatever right. you want. You have the options Hinobi gives you, even though they tell you not to use them, they still gave you the options. Right, it's like literal in-game hacking, like, oh, I cracked open the door type mechanics, instead of I changed the game code <laughs> to actually open the door. Yeah, very, very different. So what closing theme would you <laughs> say you learned from this episode, GC? Have you lied? Is there anything you'd like to get off your chest in this podcast? I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking back to Goof Troop. Honesty is the best policy. And I think I think five would agree with Goofy on that one. <laughs> connecting connecting such completely not disparate pieces of animation. I agree, kids. Uh trust Goofy. They're both available on streaming services, so that's my theme. And on that note, uh, join us next week. Where will we be talking about uh, Summer Camp Island? <laughs> so, like David said, join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13.
Yeah, and I'm David. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rev- an honest review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>